Welcome to the Community Corner, the podcast powered by Bevy. I'm your host, Beth McIntyre. In this show, I interview community builders from all spaces in the industry. Stay tuned for actionable strategies to learn and community stories to love, all in 15 minutes. I'm excited to introduce my next guest, Emily Delacare, co-founder and community builder at FoodHack. Emily oversees the chapter program that gathers people in the food tech industry from all over the world to live events. Today, Emily shares the challenges her team faced when making the decision to expand their program globally. She talks about how they encourage uniqueness and individual chapter identity while ensuring brand standards and quality across all their global chapters. Welcome, welcome to the Community Corner, Emily. Thank you for having me, Beth. I'm very happy to be with you and uh, to have this conversation. Me too. Okay, let's dive right in. First, can you please explain to us what Food Hack is and what exactly it is that you do in your role? Yes, sure. At Food Hack, we are a media and an event company, and we're focusing on making food tech mainstream. So. We're doing this because we really believe that bold ideas and entrepreneurships are needed to fix our food systems. And so we're doing this by, uh, let's say, three focus. We have three focus. The first one is really to scout and discover uh, emerging startups across the, the globe. And we're giving them a platform to promote their product through our discovery platform. The second focus that we have is that we try to inspire people through the content that we create. So we create weekly article, newsletter. We also have a podcast. And the last part, which is actually our route, is really event. So we're organizing regular meetups across the globe for entrepreneurs to connect. And we also have an annual summit that didn't happen last year because of COVID, but hopefully this year it's going to happen. <laughs> but the idea is really for of course. connect and network. Interesting. And so you mentioned chapter programs. And so how did the chapter program kind of begin? Like, did you see a need for it and you just started to give volunteers the torch? Or did you did it already kind of exist and you just like officialized it? So it really started, it was inbound requests. So uh, we started with one CD here in Switzerland. It was in Lausanne in 2016. We organized our few first meetups. And then after a year, we got a request from someone to start organizing the same uh, event in Zurich. So a city, let's say, four hours away by car <laughs> here in Switzerland. And then we had the same request for Geneva, which is actually one hour away from Lausanne. And so it started like this and we consolidated our, let's say our presence in Switzerland up to six chapters. And then we were like, okay, we're getting requests from people to organize uh, that type of formats and food tech in other countries, should we do it or not? We waited a long time before doing it. And then we just started to build the, you know, the materials for people to do it. And we launched it last year, actually, for at the global level. So inbound. Wow. So, I mean, that's so organic. People just telling you they wanted to do this. Yeah. And so far, apart from website page that explain what it is to become a food ambassador, 
it's been completely organic. I never reach out proactively to someone asking if they wanted to become an ambassador. Yeah, it's so far it's inbound requests, which is it's great. And I guess at some point I will have to do a little bit of like marketing and <laughs> but but uh, we're lucky so far. Yeah. Very cool. And so when you were kind of in those beginning stages, what were some of the challenges that you had as you went into new countries? Like, you know, because when you're looking at chapter programs, you are looking at, I mean, obviously time zone differences, of course, but also language barriers and cultural norms are different in each place. So how did you, how did you kind of go through those challenges? So we had a lot of questioning about the language first, also the medium through which we were going to communicate with the different chapters. But at the end, we settled on Slack for like global communication and English for like, just so that it's easier for me to like, you know, talk to everybody. But then the chapters themselves, they can decide on the language they would like to organize the events. Like here in Switzerland, we have chapters running their event in French, which is, it's totally fine. And it's actually even better for the local communities. We have chapters in Germany running it in German as well. So yeah, they are free at the local level to choose the language that they wish. I think the main issue that we ran into was like, okay, we want to do it at the global level, but still we want to protect our brand. The Food Hack Brands is really something that we are proud of, the vibe and the mood that we have. And so you really quickly trademark the Food Hack brand into uh, different countries, actually. And so we're doing kind of a, we have a legal agreement between our Food Hack ambassador and ourselves to protect the brand, to protect themselves, and to make sure that everything happen smoothly. I think that was something that, you know, should we do it? Should we wait before doing it? I'm actually glad that we did it so quickly in the process. Even though, I mean, we haven't had any issues so far, but it's just like for your own head, it makes everything more like, okay, I'm safe. The other ambassador is safe as well. There's an agreement. <laughs> but the legal firm that advised us really helped us with that. Yeah, that, I mean, that's definitely a good way to protect the brand itself. And so then how do you make sure that the values are in each chapter? I mean, obviously, the people who are volunteering to run these chapters for you, they identify with the food hack mission and the food hack values. But how do you kind of ensure that their your values are being kept yeah. in these chapters, even though you're not involved really at all? Yeah. So I am so far we are quite involved in the chapters in the sense that we're, I'm having direct conversation with, I mean, we're not that big <laughs> right now. We have 20 chapters, so I'm still able to manage to have like, you know, personal contact with every of our, uh, almost all of our ambassadors. We have 65 ambassadors so far, but I think the main point is um, at the very beginning in the onboarding process, they receive a handbook, like uh, all the materials that they need to understand, you know, what it is, what is FUDAC about, what we do, our value. We have a manifesto as well. We have brand guidelines that we share with them. And then 
after the first meetup, we usually do a debriefing uh, with the chapters. Uh, we realign if there's something that they could do better or, you know, if the tone and voice wasn't there. I'm kind of like, it, there's a whole onboarding process to make sure that they align with the brand and our value. It makes sense. And what tool are you using for like design and branding? Or do you have a design team who shares logos and, and branding with, with your chapters? We're very, very lucky because uh, Camille, my colleague and co-founder, she is a very skilled designer. And so she has prepared an amazing like set of templates that we're sharing with all the ambassador. We're using Canva and it's just amazing. Like they have all the template there and every chapter has their folder and they don't need to do it from scratch. They have everything on hand. Yeah, that, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so then when you're talking about Keeping the global identity and sharing the values with every chapter, even though they're in other parts of the world, how do you still allow them to have that uniqueness and to have like an individual chapter identity while you're still ensuring quality? Yeah. So one of the reasons of the chapter, what we want them to do is really to highlight their local community. That's like the major goal of the, of the chapters. So what we have done, so we have standard format for our meetups. Every chapter is supposed to follow the same format. But so far, we don't have strict rules on the type of content that they share on social media. So every chapter has their own Instagram account. Most of them have. And the goal of those accounts are really, you know, they can do Instagram live with entrepreneurs in their area. They can highlight the profile. They can make a post about, you know, the latest news in their region. They can also reshare the content that we do at the global level that is relevant to their local chapters. So for instance, every week we publish a trend, uh, the latest food, hot topic in the food industry. And some of them take those trends and then they just translate that to their local chapters and they tag local businesses that are working on that trends or things like this. So they have a room to really highlight what's happening at the local level. Again, they can choose the language that makes sense for them. So French, German or whatever is really like, they, they know their audience best. And it's the same thing for like inviting the speakers to the event. We don't give monthly theme or we don't impose, I don't know, topic at the global level. It's really up to them to know, okay, this is a speaker that I want to have because they're launching a new product or they've been super active in my area uh, recently, so they, they should talk. I think that that's so important to like have that autonomy in each chapter. I mean, that's why they're there. It's so that they can spread the food hack message and mission and brand. But ultimately, you're right. They know their audience best. They know their community best. And so giving them that autonomy, I guess, you know, empowers them to build their own food hack community. Yeah, it's also something that we were wondering at some point is that would it be easier for them if we were imposing or just or suggesting a thematic for each month or if we were I know, preparing uh, content for them to reshare? Because it's a lot of work. And as you said, it's a volunteer position that you're taking on. And so when do you stop preparing everything for them? And when do you start giving them like, you know, full room to do 
what they feel is right for their community is a big question. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I feel like we could probably have a whole other conversation about the onboarding process and how you hold the hand for however long you hold their hand and then when you let go of their hand. But this is a short podcast. And so we've come to my final question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. If you could go for lunch with anyone in the community industry, who would you want to meet? We have one major inspiration at Foodhack, and you can probably feel it when you go to the website and you look at our discovery board. It's Product Hunt, which I think is just like, you know, the community <laughs> for me. So I would go for lunch with Ryan Hoover, definitely. <laughs> okay, well, Ryan, you heard it. <laughs> We've got a fan. Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me, Emily. It was such a pleasure to have you today. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much, Beth. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about how to create your own community, go to pod.bevy.com. That's pod.bevy.com. This is the Community Corner, and I'm Beth McIntyre. 